Welcome to this week's episode of Unwinding the Binding. I hope everyone is doing well during this whole coronavirus conundrum. Um, I know that I have definitely been hanging out a lot in my bedroom, my kitchen, my living room, my dining room, my laundry room, because I am in my brand new studio and they're all in one room. (laughs) So it's been honestly so much fun and so nice getting to be in my new space and take a break from the office. However, I know what's going on out there is not good. Um, if you guys are curious about a spiritual perspective on this whole topic, please check out Sahara Rose's podcast. She really opened up my mind to what's going on. Um, so on this week's episode, I am interviewing Wayne Veldsman. He is a business development strategist. And yes, it took me a couple times recording this to get that name right. Let's go. I got it. He is also a life coach and entrepreneur, and I have so much fun interviewing him. He is just a fun person to talk to, honestly. Um, I met him through his brother, Martin. What's up, Martin? So I would love for you guys to hear his story. He's my age. I believe he's 25, and he's just already killing it, working for himself, has a great mindset, and geeks out on mindset and business development stuff, which is amazing. So let's go ahead and dive right in and check it out. This week, I'm going to be talking all about mindset and a couple other different topics with my friend Wayne Veldsman. And I met him when I moved to Denver. He was actually one of my first friends. I met his brother. And I was instantly really intrigued with both of these guys because they both work for themselves, um, entrepreneurial type, but also just really fun people to get to know. They're the type of people where we can sit around and kind of pick each other's brains. And Wayne also has his own podcast. So we typically nerd out about that a little bit. And so Wayne, how are you doing? I'm great, Katie. Thanks for having me. Um, It's so funny in that intro, right? How you just say, kind of just connect, right? And just talk about so many random things and just vibe on stuff. Um, Right. Because I feel like a lot of times, like the amount of business or mindset things that I talk about, like nobody else wants to talk about. They want to talk about sports or celebrities. And so no, it's, it's pretty awesome connection. So thanks for having me. Yes, of course. Right. When you have those types of connections, you meet those type of people. It's like, Oh my gosh, like you're into this stuff too. (laughs) That's a blast. So one thing I'm curious about with you, I know you've been reading a book called the obstacle is the way. So Mm -hmm. I'm just, curious what your thoughts are with the coronavirus oh there it is oh my gosh did you do that on purpose (laughs) I didn't no I was reading it earlier today so for everyone listening he just held up the book um and so I'm just curious with the coronavirus that's going on obviously this is a huge obstacle for us as a collective Mm -hmm. how do you think this obstacle is showing us the way like what lessons do you think this could potentially be teaching us that is a great question, right? So I haven't thought about it in that sense necessarily, how this, what this obstacle per se is teaching us. Um, the way I guess that, yeah. sorry, what was that? I'm just saying, or even teaching you. Yeah, right. What is it teaching me? So what I've been telling people when, when it comes to Corona is that you basically need to see it as an opportunity, right? Not an obstacle per se, 
even though the book is obstacles away, right? So see it as an opportunity mm-hmm. that people are more at home, right? So maybe you can reach them in a different way. Let's say even your business is getting shut down, right? Say you're a, a restaurant or a bar or an event venue, whatever it is, and you're getting sort of shut down by the government. Well, see it as an opportunity now to go grow your online presence, mm-hmm. maybe, right? Now you have this amazing opportunity that it's forcing you to build something else. I mean, that's just the business side, whereas we can see this as an opportunity to just be at home more, be with our loved ones more. Maybe there's some spring cleaning you've been putting off. Maybe there's some organization you've been putting off, or maybe you've just almost been putting off truly connecting with your family, with your loved ones. Mm-hmm. And so if you can see this as an opportunity, right? Even uh, the small light at the end of the tunnel, um, that maybe sort of answers your question as far as how is the coronavirus, this huge obstacle, how is it sort of the way? What other things in life do you have to be grateful for? What other things in life have you been neglecting? And now use this as an opportunity to actually focus on those things. Totally. So just like appreciating the little things. And just a fun fact to kind of share with you, um, I found out that because of the reduction in the amount of smog in China due to all this, they saw blue skies for like the first time in a very long time. That is so awesome. I saw a post also today, actually, that was saying that like pollution was down. Um, There was like two other things also. It's like the world as a whole, like planet earth is becoming healthier because of the coronavirus. Yeah. And as a spiritual person, the spiritual community is kind of like, this is for planet earth. It needs us to slow down. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool. Honestly, like that's another huge, um, you know, opportunity, right. Awesome. It's amazing obstacle. Great. It's helping us with global pollution. Yeah, totally. And so this is another question I have just out of curiosity. A lot of people are getting the chance to work from home now for the very first time. You've been doing this for a while. It is a lifestyle that's been so glamorized. What do you think are some of the things that are truly amazing about it? And then what do you think are some of the things that maybe people think are going to be so amazing, but maybe the reality of it isn't? Nice. So um, you're asking right about people having to work from home now. What's good? What's bad? Yeah. So uh, let's maybe start with the good. Right. The good <laughs> is uh, one. I think people can be a lot more comfortable, and sometimes they actually become a lot more productive simply because they're not in this, I don't know, high pressure area. Right. No one's watching over their shoulder, like forcing them to do things, and so by being more, by being able to almost enjoy more. Oh, sorry, my headphones cut out, but you can still hear me, right? Yes. Awesome. Um, So by being able to almost relax and just not be so worried, uh, they actually become more productive, which is a huge positive, right? Um, The productivity part is the business side, but being relaxed is more of the, of course, just mental, emotional health side right? That's so much pressure on you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's an amazing positive, right? Being able to just have that flexibility is wonderful. Um, Other stuff, no commute time, right? You get to either sleep in longer, you get to have a better morning routine that's more relaxed because you don't have to get in your car and drive or go to catch the train or the bus or whatever it is, 
right? So that's another huge positive. Um, those things are in itself, you know, a big piece of what I love about working from home. Just being able to have your own schedule and not having to worry about somebody constantly watching over you, somebody constantly like, okay, if I if I flip over and like, you know, I'm I'm not immediately doing work. Maybe I'm like searching for I'm I'm actually doing research for work on Google, but maybe it's gonna be seen as like I'm, you know, wasting time. I absolutely hate that. So I think that's a huge positive. Um, somewhat of a quote unquote negative, I guess, of working from home is having to be self-productive, mm-hmm. right? Having to actually make sure that you're not just sitting there on social media for hours, right? right. You get lost and trapped and the days can fly away. And it's definitely happened to me before. And so I think that is maybe quote unquote, the negative that people don't realize is that now you actually have to govern your own time, right? Because people aren't standing behind you because they aren't sort of forcing you to work. You have to be productive yourself, right? You have to force yourself to actually go sit down at the desk, open your laptop, maybe physically have to put your phone away to be able to accomplish everything that you need to. Um, And then the only other negative that I'll sort of touch on is think sometimes people have a difficulty separating between work and I guess just relaxation mm-hmm. or just after work time. You know, I think it works so well for me simply because business is my favorite topic to talk about. I'm not like a huge sports nerd. I don't watch tons of movies or I don't know any actors, actresses names. Like, I can't talk about that stuff. I just talk about business for pleasure. Uh, and so the separation isn't that intense for me. But I have heard, especially for married couples or older people, right, it can almost throw this huge jagged piece into relationships because there isn't as much of a separation between mm-hmm. work and pleasure. Does that sort of make sense? Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think a lot of people might have trouble with that. Are there any like tools that you use specifically that help with governing your time or staying focused? Help with governing my time and staying focused. So I will uh, say two things. One, have a work station, have a certain work area. Okay. Don't just open your laptop on the couch. (laughs) I've tried it. You're not going to get very much done at all. So have a certain desk, a certain area in your house that when you're there, it's for work. Uh, And number two, plan your day out and schedule. This is a little bit intense. So uh, obviously everybody in podcast land, I'm sort of holding up my planner. And so this is daily. As you can see, I missed Monday and Tuesday this week. Um, but usually I'm planning out like my entire day, every activity that I'm trying to get done, what time I'm trying to do it. Um, and I'm almost trying to make myself a, almost a slave to my planner, right? Because yeah. It's funny, I even realized like I'm I'm a very routine person and I like to get up early and go to the gym. If I tell myself, all right, you're getting up at 6 a.m. and you're going to the gym, just mentally, right? A lot of the time I'll get up and I'll go to the gym. But if I actually write down in my planner here, 6 a.m. get up. It's yeah. like a 99% success rate <laughs> simply just because I'm writing it down simply just because I'm taking that extra time to make sure I have a schedule. Um, it's almost like this is my boss essentially. So I think that's big, have a designated work area 
and then follow a pretty strict plan and write that plan out. Um, so what are your thoughts? Cause I mean, you've, you've worked from home or you sort of have some flexibility sometimes too, right? Yeah. So I've really found working from home. I am like realizing all like the distractions and the hard part. So I actually just found something online that I, um, it's a spreadsheet that will help you with the time blocking and setting your goals. Um, and actually like we'll ring a timer for you because I'm realizing I need something to help me kind of time block out my time and to do the same thing as you like writing it out into a planner and actually planning my day because I feel like when you add what we would say is like a masculine structure, which you basically Mm -hmm. like how to explain that is you need a masculine structure to let your feminine creativity flow. And so by adding framework into your life, you kind of actually give more space for creativity to flow through. And that's something that I've kind of struggled with where my creativity is just flying around into the ethers and me actually making the structure to get it out into the physical reality is where, um, where things can get a little tougher. Um, (laughs) I like it. Yeah. It's so interesting, right. To say that you need structure for creativity, Mm -hmm. right. Yet it's just like, it's, it seems like, so, you know, structure, it's overbearing, Right. But the point is, like, you're structuring just a certain time to be creative, right? Right. And by allowing yourself that time, you don't have all these other distractions. You're like, wow, my purpose right now is to be creative. Like, this is amazing. Like, thank goodness I have this structure. Yeah, totally. Um, So do you find that you plan just, like, one day at a time? Or will you plan, like, your week? Or what is the distance you'll go? So I plan my week. I can show you my other planner right here also. So this is my by the week, and then this is my by the day. Okay. Um, and so I like to, on Mondays, a lot of people stay to do it on Sunday, but I don't know. I like to sort of be able to relax Sunday nights personally. And so um, Monday morning, first thing I do is I actually write out all of my tasks for the entire week. Everything that I want to do is a huge bulleted list. Right. And then after I have this massive list done, uh, then I'll actually go and I'll start separating by day. And I try and put no more than really four tasks down per day. Right. There's meetings also. And so it's separate than the meetings. I'm putting down like four tasks basically per day. Like example for today, what I had is I did um, two modules in an online course that I actually have been going through. Um, one of my biggest things today was actually to set up some Google ads for a client. I am setting up a door-to-door canvassing department for a business. And then I was doing some, uh, some automations in a CRM, right? Customer relationship management. So those are my four big things to do today. Then I also had meetings throughout that. I had specifically time to read and to meditate scheduled, um, but yeah, so to answer your question, I do by the week on Mondays, huge list. And then I separate out everything day by day. Uh, and then I also just do it daily. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. this is kind of going back to what you mentioned before, how like um, you don't ever feel like it's a job because you love business. So you're talking about business all the time. Like it's not hard to separate out. 
how important do you think that is for people to really be, you know, doing what they love? And then, yeah, that's pretty much the question right there. Um, that's a tough question, right? What's, what's your opinion on this? Cause you know, you can, I mean, we can love tons of different things, of course, mm-hmm. right? How, how important do you think it is that people are working at, at their passion almost? So I think it's like the most important thing you can ever do. We call it following your dharma, your soul's purpose that it incarnated in. And so by following your dharma, it kind of brings energy into you versus having to find it somewhere else. And so for me to hear you say that, I'm like, oh my God, he's following his dharma. That's amazing. And so many people kind of will have some confusion in that or be nervous to just go for it and maybe do plan C or B and fear that like plan A will fail. Do you feel like there was like a time for you where you were kind of like trying other things, like knowing that this is what you wanted to do, kind of avoiding that potential failure? So um, let me just start with saying plan A is always going to fail. Plan A will never (laughs) happen, (laughs) ever. (laughs) I promise you. Maybe it's going to be plan A.1, plan A.2, point three, whatever it is, right? Like you can still call it plan A. Some for the critics out there, they're going to be like, oh, my plan A worked perfectly. Like, well, it's not exactly how you imagined it is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, And so for myself personally, you know, the question is sort of, did I do other things because I was too afraid that plan A would fail? Is that sort of what yeah, you're asking? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think I necessarily was doing other things because I was afraid plan A would fail. Um, as I'm saying this, I'm like trying to think like maybe I'm still like in this and I'm still doing other things because I'm afraid plan A was going to fail. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's super interesting, right? You're really making me think here, Katie. And so now I want to know what this DNA is. Yeah, so so I love business and entrepreneurship a ton, right? I'm also super active, right? I love going to the gym. I love playing sports. Growing up, one of my like goals was to officially like on a team or we'll say competitively play every single sport. Right. I have not hit that, but (laughs) that's like what I wanted to do. Right. That's really what I love. And so I mean, yet to really combine those two passions as far as have a business that's also based around sports and athletics. Right. So maybe that's sometimes what goes through my head of like, should that potentially be more of the plan A? Mm-hmm. However, your overarching question here, right, making sure you're working at your passions, right? I think that can have a lot of different plan plan A's, quote unquote, right? Just for instance, right, I love uh, uh, business. I more I more importantly just love helping people, right? And so the reason I actually left my old company is I didn't really feel like I was making a big enough of difference in just truly helping people. And so simply because, you know, what I just mentioned around sports and athletics, right? So because I'm not doing that, I'm still following a different plan A that's still truly helping people a lot, right? Because you're going to have tons of different passions, right? Mm -hmm. Who's to say which one of those passions 
needs to be your business, needs to be your income. I think as long as what you're doing puts a smile on your face, it brings joy to you. And I'm I'm not saying it has to bring joy every single day because there's always going to be bad days. There's going to be rough days, days where you don't want to do it. Um, But overarching, as long as what you're doing does bring a smile to your face, it does make you feel good. I think that's really the key, right? Because you're going to have so many different passions, so many different quote unquote plan A's, mm-hmm. especially your whole life, man. We're all going to switch so many different times. Like how, uh, how many different jobs do you think you've had so far that you've just enjoyed, even if it's a tiny part of it? Um, how many? Yeah. I would say almost all of them. I love the social component. <laughs> there you go. See? That's just like what I think is that, you know, as long as you're enjoying some of it or the majority of it, um, then that can kind of uh, be enough. I love the idea of following your passion because, you know, ideally you're never going to give up on a business, right? Even if it's not being amazingly successful, you're never going to give up if it's your true passion. Um, But as long as you can enjoy it enough, right? Who's to say that? that portion of the day where you're making money has to be what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just make money or come up with a business that you enjoy enough and it allows you freedom to do all these other passions while you're not doing business, right? Yeah, totally. So do you feel that maybe some of these times too, where you've been in roles that haven't been, um, your passion or you haven't really known what the purpose of them is that uh, they've actually ended up being tools that you can use when you are going for more things that you love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of the time we're not going to see it until afterwards. I think the majority of the time we're not going to see it until afterwards. So uh, my first job out of college, right? So I went to school, I got a ma- major in communications, public relations, and brand management, right? So I was, I could basically talk to people and I could write things okay. We'll put it that way. (laughs) Uh, So I never took any sales classes. However, my first job out of college that I found was a business-to-business, door-to-door sales position. So it's what I call cold canvassing. It was literally, I would get a zip code and they would say, go to every single business in the zip code go walk in the door and try and sell them. And I was selling at tel- telephone services, actually. Wow. I know. Yeah. It's, it was pretty crazy. And so I never got, I didn't know who was in there. I wasn't even allowed to give them my phone number, my contact information. I wasn't allowed to email them or call them. It was solely cold canvassing. Right. So that sucked. <laughs> it was bad. Oh. I took like, 40 plus 40 to 50 let's say just nose like nose to the face people saying no get out of my business no soliciting what are you doing here every single day right like nine ten hours a day it's pretty hard to see the positives in that when you're going through it huh yeah yeah but now i realize afterwards that that got me to a point of almost a comfort zone that it took me so far out of the norm, right? So far out of almost what I was previously afraid of 
that it made me realize how much is truly possible in this world, right? Like never in my dreams would I imagined that you can out of the blue walk into somebody else's business and sell them something. Right. It's their business, right? The whole point is that they're supposed to sell you something there. Okay. But out of the blue, you're walking in and you're selling them something like I never would have imagined that was even possible. And so that in itself, that experience opened up my eyes to just the possibilities in life that you can almost do anything as well as, you know, why not shoot your shot? The worst that can happen is they can say no and they can throw you out and life goes on. Right. Right. I love that. I kind of had an experience like that working for um, this entrepreneur guy and Mm -hmm. he would like write letters to the most important everyday people asking to meet them or asking for the most crazy things where I was like, what on earth? But then they would meet us and we would talk to them and just going through like so many different experiences like that, I would, it kind of did the same thing for me. And a lot of times they were painful in the same way of a lot of no's or uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. where, but still it's like you got way more comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the more you do that, you like almost get like a callus for it. You almost get like a callus for it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, uh, like I mentioned, uh, a little while ago, I'm helping it to start up this another door-to-door canvassing whole department, like a lead generation department for a bathroom remodeling company, Come right? On. And so starting totally from the ground up, which means I need to go out there and I need to go knock doors, right? Like I have done research, I've talked to people, I've written a script, but until you actually try it, until you know what works right? You can't really develop a full department. I can't hire other managers or either just hire just late, like hour by hour laborers. Right. And so today was the first day that I went and tested the script, man. Like I had forgotten (laughs) what it feels like to just have people say, get out of here. Oh God. And so it's, it's almost a good thing though. Right. Like in the moment after I had hit like, I don't know, like 15 houses or something, I was like this, sucks like get me out of here but i had put a specific time that i was going to do it on until right to force myself man by by the end of it i was like skipping around being like (laughs) just like i wasn't phasing me anymore basically right and so i'm sort of getting back into this mindset of you know it it doesn't hurt to simply ask a no doesn't really hurt anything Mm -hmm. yeah Perfect. So that kind of brings me to another question. Um, what are some like limiting beliefs that you're either working through now or that you had to work through in the past? So those are maybe thoughts that subconsciously held you back to get to where you are to take the risks you've taken. Limiting beliefs from either the past or now. That's what you're yeah, asking. It could be anything that you're working through. Yeah. So, um, the biggest limiting belief that I've I guess, ever had and I still somewhat have is things a problem that a lot of people go through. And it's mm-hmm. the question of, are you worth it? Right? Like what is your actual value? Um, and I'm talking specifically from a, honestly, from a monetary standpoint, from a business standpoint of 
how much can you charge for a service or mm. for a product, right? Um, and I've always thought to myself, like, oh, Wayne, you're only X age, right? You you can't do that. Like, oh, you don't have nearly enough experience to tell people about this or to teach that, right? And so that's always been my limiting beliefs of like, am I good enough? Am I worth it? Um, and I think the biggest thing that's making me get through it is uh, realizing one, how much more knowledge each one of us has compared to really anybody else, right? Other than the tiniest 0.25% of people who are in your exact same industry and are above you, other than that tiny percentage of the population, you know more than 99.9% of people on this earth at that one thing, right? So if you think about it that way, you're one of the most valuable people on the entire planet. <laughs> right? Oh, yes. And I feel like it can be tough because maybe your Instagram feed is filled with those people you look up to that are in your industry, et cetera. So it feels like it it feels like the world is full of them, but when you look mm-hmm. at the whole big picture, it's not. Exactly, right? Like we all have so much value and so much knowledge. Um, you know you just don't even realize it It's like because it seems ordinary to you, but it's so valuable to other people. Right. And then I guess the piece of the puzzle of actually like charging quote unquote, what you're worth is, um, you know, values all in the eye of the beholder, right. To uh, you and me, you know, $10,000 might seem like a lot of money, right. To the bit, to the billionaires in this world, they don't blink an eye. Yeah. They don't give a shit about $10,000, right? So who's to say that's even a lot of money for anything? They could shit to walk, to walk their dog. <laughs> Who knows? Like someone could charge them $10,000. To them, it's worth it, right? To them, thank goodness. My dog is healthy. I know he's being taken care of. I can trust this person. And it's alleviating the stress and worry from me that I don't have to do it anymore. Boom, $10,000. Hell yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just all depends on, you know, how you position yourself, maybe the value that you show. Um, and then just simply being willing to charge what you're comfortable with and just kind of go for it as well, though. Um, yeah. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts? I don't know. You don't have to talk specifically on the, the money side of things per se, but what are your thoughts as far as the limiting beliefs and maybe just valuing yourself? Yeah, I'm definitely working through the money stuff too. And I think for me, a lot of it comes from, I like went to boarding school on scholarship and I went to um, college was pretty much taken care of too. So I've kind of always not really wanted to look at money. I feel like I've always kind of been someone that's been able to stay with the people that have money, but I don't want to think about my own situation. And now I'm really Mm -hmm. facing my own truth and realizing that, this is my energy, this is my fuel, and really having to get past, um, you know, stuff that maybe my parents put in my head of, we need to save, you need the corporate job, this is the path you need to go, that stuff I'm still working through, and um, it's to the point where I'm like, listening to books about it all the time, journaling about it all the time, just trying to get my, like, mindset right on it first, 
because I have found that when, for example, I've quit a job in the past and like dove into working for a startup and, um, that was a little bit too fast for me. So now I'm kind of realizing staying where I'm comfortable, but still pushing myself and changing my mindset first and being a little bit more patient is where I'm really finding growth in that area. Um, for me though, I'd say my biggest limiting belief is just being into like somewhat obscure things, but then also being really into things that we're mutually into, like business and entrepreneurship. And I love that stuff just as much as I love the spiritual stuff. And I think I get nervous that the two like communities won't jive or this one will judge that one or vice versa. And so just kind of coming to peace with every single side of myself and seeing like, oh, you can be a business bad bitch and you can also still be like a spiritual person and they don't have to be separate is something that like I'm really trying to embrace more. Um, But it does come with like vulnerability hangovers when I feel like I show that side of myself and then I almost like retract and I'm like, ah, and then I'll like disappear for two weeks and I'm like, okay, I'm okay. And then I'm like back. So that's like my thing I'm working with. <laughs> yeah. You know, the two things that you said that really stuck out to me was uh, one, it's almost like you should be true to yourself. Right. Like, yeah. so what if you want to be a business bad bitch, but you're also super spiritual, like hell yes. Combine those two things. That's potentially the very best combo in my opinion that there is because now you're the type of person that's going to help spread the spirituality that's going to help actually turn it into some processes that can help more and more people, right? Like it's almost the drive is the way that I see it with that combination, right? So I think that's amazing, right? Just being your true self, right? Just steering into it um, no matter what. And then the other biggest piece that I heard was as far as like what your parents taught you, right? The whole get a corporate job, save your money, right? This is the path that you do. You work for this many years, you get one vacation a year. Maybe you get two vacations every other year or some shit. And then eventually you retire. I know that's what I was taught. That's Mm -hmm. how my parents live. That's how my parents raised me. Um, Yet, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, Yet I think more and more, we're starting to realize that there are these other paths and there are better paths to follow. And it's amazing that we have all of these books and audiobooks and podcasts and videos and social media influencers that can show us differently. Because, you know, 20 years ago, that shit didn't exist. People had to just rely on what their parents, their community, their local news was telling them to be the quote unquote truth. But now we can see other ways, right? So it's just absolutely amazing. So, no, I think you sort of nailed it as far as just, like I said, those two things stuck out to me. Yeah. So that makes me wonder, as far as like having the resources that we have now to learn, do you feel like you could ever see yourself going back to school or do you feel like you kind of have everything that you need? Um, so uh, that's so interesting. So when you say going back to school, what do you mean by school? I mean, maybe like getting your MBA or mm-hmm. something that would have in the past been a credential for a business person. Nice. So uh, I do not ever see myself 
getting more letters to put onto a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that (laughs) sort of answers your question, right? Because that was perfectly put, like going to go get my MBA as a business person. Um, I thought for a long time I wanted to go to grad school, right, to further my education. But now, I mean, all the information is at our fingertips, I mean, what's the difference between us talking to each other like this and you talking to the biggest and best person in your space that you're so interested in and that can bestow the most knowledge upon you? You can do this with them, Mm -hmm. right? Same with me. Why do I need to go to a university to go learn and get a piece of paper when I can learn directly from people right here? Or like I said, I, I was doing an online course earlier today. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm always learning. And so just as far as those letters, those credentials are concerned, I don't see myself ever really going back to it. Um, I think it could be, I mean, I think it could be badass to, you know, have like a doctorate in theory, right. Just cause it mm-hmm. sounds cool. It sounds legit. Right. Especially right. growing up. Right. That was like this, you know, everybody put them like on a big pedestal. Right. Oh my God. That person's has their doctorate or they have their ma- masters, whatever it is. Right. So that'd be sweet if, if someone was like, Hey, we'd like to give you an honorary doctorate. I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm there. Sounds great. (laughs) But I don't ever see myself going back to traditional school. Now, as far as learning is concerned all day, every day for the rest of my life until the day I die. Totally. I'm on that same page. I'm like, don't interrupt my podcast time. Well, good. I mean, so you feel you feel the same? Do you think you'll ever go back to a traditional school? The only reason I think I would is if I had to to get past a certain barrier. For example, um, getting like a master's in psychology to be able to like um, maybe reach a certain crowd uh, caliber mm-hmm. that I want to reach. But um, I don't know. I just feel like. I naturally want to operate outside of the system. So to like plug mm-hmm. back into it doesn't yeah. really feel like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm on the same page as you as far as like learning, like nourishes my soul. Like I love it all day, every day, yeah. same thing. So nice. well, so let me, let me ask you this. Cause you said maybe if you had to get something to reach the next level, right. Mm-hmm. With just how, sort of society today, do you think that that point would, would happen where you quote unquote have to get this degree, these letters to be able to do something? Um, I guess that really comes back to like being like legitimized as far as can your advice be taken? Because for an example, in the field I'm interested in, a life coach versus someone versus a psychologist, someone might look at a life coach and be like, yeah, yeah, um, and kind of judge the title almost and then look at a psychologist and just it, it adds a little bit more value to your words. And so I've almost been toying around with the idea of, well, maybe I should just make up my own title, like uh, get outside of it. Yes. I couldn't agree with you more. Because my rebuttal to this was going to be, who are you going to trust more? A psychol- psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever the fuck. Whatever, whichever one. Part of my language. Um, <laughs> who, you're, who are you going to trust more? All right, ready? Person one who sees five patients a day 
right? They've been practicing for however many years. Let's say they've totally, they've impacted and changed 500 people's lives. Great, right? Versus somebody who is self-taught or digitally taught, yet they speak at huge conferences. They hold their own events. They mm-hmm. teach online. And instead of now, this five, this person A, right? This person with the title, they've only reached 500 people. Now all of a sudden, person B, maybe that has created their own title. They've reached 5 million people. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to trust more? The person with the, the stupid title, right? The, the traditional schooling title or person B? Right. Exactly. And I find when I ask people about their like opinions of it, it seems to be older people that are more plugged into the older systems versus people that might be younger than us that have come up with us that Mm. are more engaged into um, just person two. So, and that kind of comes to something I've struggled with in the past, which is asking people, you know, where I should go that haven't been where I'm going. You've probably heard that quote. Um, And that has been something that I've had to actually really check myself on because I would always go to my parents or my friends who are so, you know, different path than me. Um, And actually now I'm having to really like draw back and like take a detox from that when I'd make my decisions. Do you feel like you've ever had to kind of check yourself in that way? Completely. So for everybody listening, Katie, I would like you to restate that as far as the, the listening to certain people is concerned. What, what was that that you said? Yes. So the quote goes like, don't ask someone for advice who hasn't been where you want to go because they basically can't really tell you how to get there. Exactly. Exactly. And so this is something huge in my life. And it was actually a little bit of a sore subject with my parents there for a little while. Um, But so I think the biggest trick here is to almost uh, compartmentalize different aspects of your life, right? Mm -hmm. If you believe your parents were great parents, talk to them about parenting, right? Right. They're not in the financial situation that you would like to be in someday. Do not talk to them about finances, right? It's, specific things right let's say um to use this whole door-to-door business which i should probably stop using this because that's what people are going to start to think that like i actually do (laughs) like for everybody's information i'm a business growth strategist uh so i help people grow (laughs) themselves and their businesses okay so this is the way that we're helping this one business to grow now with that being said (laughs) (laughs) this example right I went and I found someone who has managed door-to-door canvassing departments, who has done it himself for like 37 years. And so I asked him specifically about it. Am I going to ask him which stocks I should invest in? Am I going to ask him maybe about time management? No, I'm not going to ask about those things because that's not where he's in a place where I could see myself. Right. And so I think that's absolutely huge. I just wanted to make sure that everybody heard that because, you know, what I was saying in the sore spot is my parents started feeling like I almost wasn't listening to them or I was almost like belittling them. And it, it sucks because like, I mean, I love my parents. I care for them so much. Um, right. I highly, highly respect them. 
but it took a little bit of a learning curve for both parties, one that I should still hear them out, right? It doesn't mean that I have to take their word as fact, but I still need to be able to hear them out. And they need to also then understand that, you know, we necessarily can't talk about everything. And even if we do talk about things, they just need to understand that, you know, I'm taking advice from people who I want to essentially trade places with them. That's how I know if I'm going to take somebody's advice or not is if I would trade places. So. Love that. Nice. That has my mind, like my mind going, who do I want to trade places with? Okay. No, I need yeah, right? But just, it can be tiny little pieces of the puzzle, right. right? Who's amazing at public speaking, right? Who's amazing at time management? Who's amazing at building relationships? Who's amazing at networking, right? Uh, that's how I like to think about it. That is awesome. Um, but that kind of brings me to one experience I had in my life where I used to tell my parents everything. And I actually went to this intensive program that teaches you about relationship management. And it was the first time I'd ever been told things like, maybe you shouldn't ask your parents about money or tell them everything. And maybe you shouldn't be um, very, very best friends with your roommate in the sense that there is a possibility you could be codependent. Um, mm-hmm. Just actually placing those boundaries in your life. And it's really cool because it sounds like you've done that naturally and kind of recognize that on your own. And I think a lot of us are very um, immersed with other people and don't recognize the value yeah. for that. Well, first of all, I'll say that I did not do it on my own. Right. I wish I could take credit that I realized this myself. Not a, <laughs> not a chance. I don't know who to credit, uh, unfortunately, in this moment, but it's it's from a, a book, a podcast, a social media influencer leader, influence leader. Hundred percent. That's where I learned it. I did not think of it myself. <laughs> because just to prove the fact here is that when you said you went through this like relationship class or course or whatever, mm-hmm. first thing that went to my mind was Oh, that's, that sounds awesome. Like, I, I wish I had done that. Yet the end of your sentence was, so many people probably wish that, you know, they figure this out on their own. I didn't. I wish that I had had this course, right? Because like I said, I, I always learn everything from other people. I try to give credit where credit is due. Right. Well, that's really funny. <laughs> and yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let me think. Oh, yes. This is a question I definitely want to ask you. Um, so what do you think is the importance of letting things fall away? And this is actually one of the tarot cards I pulled for you. And just for the people listening, I pulled some tarot cards to help guide some of my questions in this reading. And I thought this one was really interesting. What do you think is the importance of letting different things or people or places or ideas fall away that are no longer serving you, even when it's like really hard? And then do you have any like examples of when you've had to do that? Um, great question. So ideas, people, places, experiences, relationships, um, that had like let fall away. Yeah. And to kind of give an example, the way I like to think of this is it's going to be those moments in your life where you kind of feel like there's a lot of tension where something just has to give and it's something that's not letting you move forward. And it might take, a week or two weeks to realize what that thing is. But then when you let that thing go, you feel this release and suddenly the path is clear. That is huge. (laughs) This is a big question, Katie. Um, 
So I don't have a a big moment or instance. Well, actually, I'll, I do. I do have an example that I'll give. So first off, my overarching answer is I highly, highly, highly believe in living in the moment, living day to day, and just focusing on what we can control. Right, the whole living day by day thing. Um, sometimes people take it out of context. They're like. Well, you what? You don't plan for the future? Of course, I plan for the future, right? But I can only control today, mm-hmm. right? And so especially things in the past, right? So what you're talking about as far as letting things go, 99.9% of the things that happened to me yesterday, I'll probably never think about them again. Nice. What, how, does it, how does it benefit me, right? As long as you know, once you think about it once and you understand it and you learn from it, great. Then never think about it again. But if your coworker is mean to you or <laughs> someone earlier today literally cussed at me to get off of their property, <laughs> let it go. Get right? Y'all. <laughs> That's get. Get out of here. <laughs> right? But what would that how would that serve me to hold on to that? And so you need to let those things go. Right? People ruin their own days. People ruin their own lives by how they allow other people and outside things to affect them. Right? Focus on what you can control and let go of the rest. Truly. That's why I I don't watch the news. Only time I ever watch the news is if it's just on the TV because my roommates are watching it, right? I get random Twitter notifications and that's how I sometimes get news. But that's stuff that I can't control. So I, I kind of let it go. Um, you look like you have something to say before I get into my next point. No, I'm just, I was just thinking like, I don't watch the news either. So I completely relate to you on that. Yeah, right. Um, and so then my my biggest example... Um, I was going to say my biggest example of what I sort of have to let go. But before that, I'll just say that this is a constant struggle, everybody. Um, a, a big thing that I hear is, you know, you know, the only renewable resource that we don't have is our time, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to, you have to safeguard it guard harder than anything in this world. You have a bank account. All right. Well, or your money is in a vault somewhere. How are you guarding your time? Right. And so this is a struggle for me because I try and be nice to everybody. I try, I have this mentality of why, why can't everybody like me? Right. Mm -hmm. Yet I think I end up allocating time to people that it's hurting me. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm trying to help others, but it's hurting myself uh, in the long run. And I think that's a huge struggle of knowing people to let go. Right. Mm-hmm. Or let go of stuff like that. And that's a huge struggle for me. I think it's going to be a struggle for most of my life. Um, it's a struggle for a lot of people. And so, you know, try and safeguard your time is all that I'll say. Um, you know, I don't think we can be nice to everybody. I don't think everybody can like us, even though as I'm saying it, I'm like, why can't everybody like me? I know. I'm like, why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a huge struggle. Um, but the biggest example of sort of what I'm trying to let go is um, my old, old business that was doing super well. It was an online marketing agency. We did website design and advertising, lead generation for, for businesses. But now I've transitioned 
into doing, like I mentioned earlier, more business growth strategy and actually mindset growth as well, helping people grow themselves so that they can grow their businesses. I still get people contacting me asking, hey, will you run this advertising? Hey, will you create this website? Will you create this landing page? And it's the biggest thing that I'm currently going through is trying to let go this past Wayne, this past Mm -hmm. business, this past service provider who I used to be to be able to achieve this new, right? I had a coach talk to me one time about um, almost becoming your new normal. Like our bodies, our mentalities, ourselves, we always try and we always fall back to normal. Mm -hmm. Um, He gave an example for golf, but I'm not going to give that because it'll it probably won't land so either way but he was it's basically like if you do um let's say you're always hitting average like on a test here's a perfect example okay you're always you always hit c's all right you're hitting c's now all of a sudden you get an a plus what are you gonna get on your next test people think maybe a c again but no what's gonna happen is you're gonna get a d or you're gonna get a d minus because it's trying to average yourself out back to normal. That's Mm -hmm. what our bodies naturally want to do. That's what our mentalities naturally want to do. So we have to take out of drastic steps and actions to create a new normal. And Mm -hmm. so I have to, although, you know, a lot of times money would be great. Like it'd be amazing to take on these projects. Like I do have some time that I can take on these web design projects, these advertising projects. I need to let go of that entire old literally the old Wayne of being this service provider, being just this marketing guy so that I can achieve my goal and my new passion of truly helping people to grow themselves and grow their businesses, not just do their marketing for them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that is a great example or if that answered your question, but that's what I thought. I love that. No, because I feel like so much of life is letting and this is kind of a dramatic word for it but letting past versions of ourselves die rebirth and actually going through that transformation and it's kind of like that in between time is when you're in your cocoon again and your wings aren't necessarily out yet but they're in there and they're growing but yeah you kind of have to let that old version of yourself go which is hard I, I find myself still kind of going back to my old ways in some instances, like when I, I always feel like this when I like party, like I'm freaking freshman year of college. And then I'm like, what? No, like I'm not that person anymore. Um, But that's just like one little example of, but then just realizing when you do step back into your old patterns, like that you haven't lost all your progress along the way. And I think that's one of the most important things is whenever you do step back into an old pattern, kind of reminding yourself, like, I haven't lost all my growth. I haven't lost all my progress. I'm still right here. I just need to drink yeah. some Pedialyte. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get back on the horse. Right. Like, shit, don't be afraid. I, w- I tell a lot of people, or I always equate it. <laughs> I've told my parents this a lot of times. They're like, oh, wait, we want to get more into the gym. We want to lose weight, get active. And then they go and they go and they go. And then the next time I talk to them, they're like, ah, oh, I haven't been in a week. Like, I'm going to try and get back in there. I'm like, go today. Go. Like, don't just because you haven't been there in a week, don't let that cause it to happen for another week. Right. right. Just because you partied super hard like your past self. 
well, it doesn't mean you need a party again today. Right? <laughs> that way, right? You can easily day by day change things. Just control yourself in the moment. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that's definitely helpful for me. It's just like, it's that living day to day thing, being in the moment. Um, and just kind of being your own coach instead of being the person that's like, well, you did this and you did that. But instead of being yeah. like, well, no, I can still, I still got this. Like we're still on this thing. <laughs> Definitely. No doubt about it. And uh, as far as the whole being your own coach thing is concerned, um, I created a, a document for myself. Uh, once again, it was, I can't take credit for it again. Uh, other business coach and consultants uh, advised me to do it. And they call it your morning formula. Uh, it's essentially a letter that I wrote to myself as if it's coming from my best self, my future self. It says yeah. things like I am um, X, Y, and Z. Like I'm not going to give specific examples right now. Um, but either way, it's, it's like, I'm reading a letter from myself to myself, but it's from my best self. It's like my yeah. own coach, right? And the whole goal is to read it every single day so that it gets drilled into your head. And then basically you start to take the actions, your subconscious, you know, if you believe in more universal energy things and, uh, you know, it'll just manifest itself to you because you're believing it because you read it every single day. So yeah. I love that. I want to do that for myself. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to um uh, to even send it out to everybody. Um, I can. I'll shoot you over a link, and so you can put it in the show notes, and so people can easily click on it, get sort of a little bit of the outline. They can create their own little morning formula. So they they can become their own their own best coach to themselves. Hmm. It's funny though, because as you're telling me the story, I'm kind of realizing, and I've always kind of realized this, but like when you say you're writing a letter from your best self, a lot of times like people in the spiritual community would say from your highest self. And it's, we all are kind of on the same page with things. We just use different lingo and have different thoughts and different words that all get us to the same place. And I feel like that's been a huge part of my life purpose is kind of being able to like recognize those patterns and like just I think when we can recognize that we all realize so much more like we're divided because we use like a little bit different words but we're on the same page yeah isn't that interesting <laughs> um uh, so first off thank you for doing that then right for being able to almost be that intermediary I think is so important um uh, it's so funny I had this conversation earlier today really um, yeah. So let me ask you this. How do you think you take constructive criticism or just criticism in general? So I feel like with things that I'm not as passionate about, like at work, I'm like, give me that constructive criticism. But for example, sometimes when it comes to like stuff like my podcast or things like that, I'm a little bit more sensitive. Okay. I'm definitely getting better. It's on, it's on my, to, it's on my to work on list. Yeah. What nice. about you? Um, I like to think that I'm, I'm pretty good. I think that I take most things constructively. You know, if mm-hmm. someone derogatory or derogatorily, why if that's even a word, right? <laughs> says something, <laughs> says something like about me, like maliciously, you know, I'm not going to take that constructive because they're not being constructive. They're just being mean. But um, as long as I can trust the person, or once again, they're in a position that I can see myself being in, 
oh my God, all day, every day, tear my shit apart, please. Exactly. Like, I'm totally going to take it as constructive criticism. But uh, essentially the reason why I asked because earlier today, I said this got brought up um, and we essentially determined that if you have good communication skills, if you can appropriately almost translate what people are saying, you're going to have a lot more or you're going to be a lot more prone to constructive criticism. You're going to accept it a lot better mm. because you can understand what people are saying. Although they're using different lingo than you, right? You pick up maybe nuances in their tonality, their body language. Um, and so you can take it a lot better as well as you can give constructive criticism a lot better because just your overall communication is better. So I'm not surprised that you're, you're good at it and getting better. I love that. I really feel like that's a superpower because we really do speak different languages, even though we speak the same language. Seriously. So true. Yeah. That's such an interesting point. I've never really thought about it like that worded like that, but that's, that's good. That's good. Okay. So that brings me to my next question. One thing I've noticed with you that I've been really fascinated with, we walked into a um, into a store in Boulder and you immediately walked up to a guy and it was like, what are you working on? Anything interesting? And so <laughs> I feel like that was so dope. I was like, what? Um, and um, so, yeah, obviously you're really good at collaborating. Um was there a time when you felt like you had to do it all on your own? And then now do you find that like collaboration is more important and more natural to you? Or at least have you always been like a pretty natural collaborator? Um, so that is hilarious. I don't remember even this instance that you're talking about because <laughs> I, I think I generally do it a lot. Um, when it comes to collaborating, I'm always trying to help. Right. I mentioned it earlier. I think that is my passion is helping people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that is why I totally switched my business. It's what I'm doing now. I want to help people become their best version of themselves, become successful, find their own highest version of themselves. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so it's hilarious that you said that, right? <laughs> but um, or that you pulled that out. And so as far as have I always had a knack for collaboration and helping people? I think yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then the same question as far as, when do I think I have to do it my on by myself on my own Mm -hmm. um to not I hope it doesn't come out the wrong way but I think almost always I try and always take full responsibility and I almost always try and act as if I am doing it myself because oh because then um you can't have any excuses right? right if if I'm saying, oh, I'm collaborating with this person, right? Then I can be like, oh, you didn't hold up your piece of the puzzle. Like you didn't do your part of the project. Well, why didn't I just step up and do it? I know it had to get done. I know for us to be quote unquote successful, that had to get done. So as long as I can take responsibility and almost act as if I am doing it myself, um, then things, you know, I can't blame anybody else. So that's, so like I said, I hope it didn't come out the wrong way that I'm like, Oh, I, I have to do everything myself. Like that's not at all where I'm at. Like I highly, highly believe in, uh, in delegating work and let other people do things that I'm not good at. 
however, the overarching mentality is um, think as if I have to do everything by myself. And then if people are willing to collaborate and they're capable of collaborating, oh, hell yes. Like I'm totally a people person. Like I'll collaborate with people all day, every day. I'm looking to help you. I hope you're looking to help me also. Oh, I think that's genius what you said, because um, I think it's when you collaborate with people and you the lines are blurred of what your duties are and you're just hoping other people will pick up the slack. Like a really simple mm-hmm. example of this is when I live with other people, I feel like we're all kind of like, she'll wipe down the counter, she'll empty the dishwasher versus when I'm in my own apartment, it's sparkling clean and I'm like decorating, yeah. decorating it all pretty. Um, and that's just a little example, but, um, I think that is so genius to take every single thing as if it's just you. And then if you happen to be collaborating as well with other people and other duties of it, that's cool. Um, I'm honestly going to take that into my life because I feel like I get lost in that with my own work life versus if I just pretend like it's my little business that I'm running and if I don't work it, it's going to, you know, crash then nobody's going to work it. Yeah. Um, and so I'll, uh, I'll drop this book title. It's called extreme ownership, uh, extreme ownership. And it, the author is Jocko Willink. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody read it or listen to it. I got the audio book on audible uh, and it's absolutely amazing. It's actually written by some ex us Navy seals. Uh, and they tell stories about, well, so they own a business consultancy now as well. So they tell both stories about their business clients as well as stories actually from from war, which I don't know if that's going to vibe with you or all the audience so well. But the point of the matter being is they have to think through every single situation, like total extreme ownership, like to the point of if bad inclement weather comes in and ruins their plans, well, it's our fault for not having a plan B or a plan C and a plan D. And thinking through every single thing, complete extreme ownership, everything in life that happens to you is your own doing, really. And so highly, highly recommend it. That's sort of where that mentality came from for me. Oh, that's so cool. I definitely want to listen to that. And it's pretty awesome. Even though war might seem a little tough, I feel like it's one of the best subject matters for that type of stuff because people's lives were at stake. And so it's like some of the best examples of it. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not like a graphic book at all. Um, like I, I highly recommend it to people, even if you're totally against wars and you're all about peace. Like I just earlier said that I think everybody can like me. So trust me, I'm not like pro war, pro fighting anything, uh, but <laughs> man, I learned so much from this book. Mm, that was good. And just going back to the thing about everyone liking us while my mind is on this. Um, I was, listening to a podcast one time hello that's how all of our stories start um and this lady was talking about how she was watching her daughter one day on the playground and she noticed her daughter was just paying attention to all the kids that didn't want to play with her she was trying so hard and behind her there were all these kids that wanted to play with her that she wasn't noticing and she was like that is such a really good comparison for how a lot of us live our lives. We're trying to please those couple people that we are so worried about or adjust our messages to them versus really paying attention to the people that need our medicine, need our messages, need our help, whatever. Um, And how, and I was like instantly like that woke me up so fast. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm trying to play with all the kids that like don't care about playing with me. And I'm forgetting about all the kids that do. And 
it was that simple example that has kind of, I try to remind myself when I'm maybe like filtering myself or adjusting myself or like trying to get even something as simple as like the coworkers that I'm struggling with to like me. I'm like, no, no, no. Like refocus right there. Yeah. 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 And that, that, funny enough, I think it goes all the way back around to the very first question you asked me about uh, coronavirus and the obstacle is the way. Just refocus. Don't think about all these negatives of, oh, I can't go to my favorite bar this weekend. Well, shit. All right. Here's an amazing time. Like instead of saying, oh, I can't do that. Say, oh my God, I get to stay home. I get to be healthy. I get to relax and rest and right, just refocus your energy and what you're choosing to focus on. Totally. I know when I refocus, because at first I was kind of frantic too with everyone else just being around coworkers. But after like refocusing and like listening to the right perspectives about it and readjusting to the people that like I admire, like readjusting my Mm -hmm. mindset, I was like, oh my God, like this is what I've been wishing for. This is what I've been hoping for for so long. Like time to self reflect, time to myself, time to like really get focused and clear. and so it's it's so true because and now I still feel kind of silly though when I'm still talking to people that are really caught in a lot of the panic when I'm like but no like don't you see like go have like enjoy this time yeah what an amazing opportunity <laughs> right this is like the only time that I ever am like jealous that I always work from home right like if I worked in an office and I got sent I'm like hell yeah I get to work from home I'm like. <laughs> I already do this. Like this is what I do every day. Like, I know. Nothing That's has so changed funny. for me. <laughs> I know. I've been thinking about Jill. I've been like, I've been wanting to ask, like, how are you guys? And I'm like, probably the same. <laughs> We're the exact same. What's hilarious? What went through my head? I was like, oh man, if this like two week quarantine happens, everybody has to stay inside. It's like maybe I'll I'll buy myself like an Xbox or something just for like <laughs> these two weeks, right? And then like I can even return it afterwards. But then it hit me. I'm like, it's going to be the same. <laughs> like nothing will change for me. It's not like I go on vacation. Right. Like, so all funny. of a sudden I have these two weeks off. I'm in the exact same situation. So I was like, well, it was, a, it was an okay idea, I guess, for there for a second. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. You could kind of give yourself a little something, though, to make it special since you always have to stay home. Yeah, true. Why not? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. Let me think if there's any other questions I really wanted to ask you. And thanks for handling all these hard hitters, um, really well. Cause oh, thank you. you do such a good job at like thinking about it and then simplifying my question. Cause I know sometimes I can almost get like lost in my own like language and thoughts. So that's really awesome. Um, oh, good. thank you. I appreciate you actually asking mind, you know, what is the word here? Sometimes I think my vocabulary isn't good enough. But either way, your mind-expanding questions, I guess, is a good way to put it. Oh, I love that. Oh, yay. Thank you. Okay, so I do have another question. Have you had, like, any moments in your life where um, maybe something, like, worked out that shouldn't have worked out or almost, like, in your world, like, a miracle where it kind of almost had to be I don't want to say like divinely guided but just like life kind of like showed up for you um against all odds um a 
time where almost like a miracle happened. Life showed up against all odds. Um, I will give two. I'll give one that is very intense. Um, and then another one that's a little more relatable. So the first one, it's almost like a miracle that is a little odd. Um, my junior year of college actually fell off of a roof. I don't know if I've told you this. No. I've heard this. Um, we were drinking. It was summer. Like we, we would hang it on this roof. It's like super flat actually. Um, and then at the backside of where it's flat, there's like one real steep peak, right? Like never did anything on it. We would hang on this like flat area, like every single day in the summer. For some reason, um, one night after we were downtown, decided to go up on this roof. Um, it was a nice night, whatever. And uh, we were like up on this very top peak, like where we never are. I end up falling off of this peak, hitting the ground. Um, ambulance came, go to one hospital. I end up getting airlifted helicopter to another hospital. Holy shit. I had breathing tubes down my throat. I had a neck brace on. I ended up breaking 17 bones. Oh my God. Including three vertebrae. And I'm totally fine. I have a bump on my collarbone. Other than that, I'm amazing. Um, tons and tons of people have told me I'm going to be in extreme pain when I'm old. Um, however, other than that, it was truly a miracle. Uh, like one of the, when you wake up in the hospital from like being, they keep you in sort of like a medically induced coma. Um, and if you have like pipes in your throat, they actually, they strap your wrists to the bed. It's because your first reaction is to yank these things out. And so right when I wake up, like I try and move my arms, but I'm literally chained, like like strapped to the bed. Um, and it was like the scariest moment of my entire life. And then my parents walk in um, and I got asked to wiggle my toes. And like, I had just woken up. I didn't even think about it. I could be paralyzed. Yeah. It, was a, it was a millisecond, um, but it was like the most intense fear of my entire life. And like I wiggle my toes and I was, I was fine. Yeah. You know, I had like, took like three, four months of, uh, of recovery. Um, but it's truly a miracle. Like I said, I mean, I fell off of a two story roof, like got fucking carried by a helicopter, 17 bones. And you would never know it. You would never know it unless I told you, um, even a couple of days out of the hospital, people were like the nurses, were like, this is not a person who, this is not what people act like when they've had an accident like this. So I don't know what it was, um, but that truly made me realize that I'm definitely meant to do something bigger um, yeah. in life. Yeah, you know, it slowed down all of all of my partying and drinking like tenfold, like it was craziness. Um, but truly, that was a huge, huge miracle where life showed up for me. Arguably the biggest one, maybe that I'll ever experience. Right, so that was a super intense. The other one was after um, I told you that first job out of college, the sales job, doing door-to-door, business-to-business. Mm-hmm. So shitty. Um, I quit that job because it sucked. I actually started driving for Uber, which is amazing. Here's a huge pro tip to everybody. If you don't like your job, go ahead and quit because you can just drive Uber in the interim. Like, Don't be like, oh, I don't have enough money. Just drive for Uber to pay the bills while you search for your dream job or while you start up another business. That's a huge tip that I'll give everybody. Uh, Shout out to Uber. Shout out to Lyft also because I drove for both. Either way, 
<laughs> While I was doing that, it just so happened, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to launch this marketing agency. And I was just like brainstorming, talking to my friends. And one of my friends said, Hey, my other buddy had literally just had this exact same conversation with me. That he's also starting up his own marketing agency. Maybe you guys should talk. Maybe you can collaborate. Uh, and that ended up being my business partner for three years. That's who we grew the entire company with together. And so life just showed up like that. I was at ground zero, like had the idea to start up this agency. And all of a sudden I got paired up with someone who was, you know, two, three steps ahead of me. They had already found their first two clients um, and so we, we paired up and scaled that bad boy for the next three years. And so, yeah, so life showed up for me then also really showed me the path, uh, just presented this amazing opportunity exactly when I needed it. That is amazing. Both of those stories. First one, I just think like, oh my God, you have like a little fight in spirit. Cause like, I feel like, like when our little souls are here and they haven't done their mission yet and they're determined and bound, they're like, no, like, yeah. My example of that is I was at a music festival and I ended up having like a seizure and exactly what you don't want to happen to you at music festivals. Mm -hmm. And I was so discontented with my life at the time that I was very disassociated. I was kind of just like, I was there, but I I didn't want to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my body literally said, you don't want to be here. Fine. And then I just woke up and I remember waking up out of it and being like really relieved that that had happened Mm -hmm. because I finally had an extreme reason to like kind of change my life and kind of get back on course. And like, I, according to my friend that was there, like I almost died or whatever. I don't, I don't know anything. I don't remember any of that, but um, I like fully believe I like went out and was like, no, mm -mm." like here I am. I'm back, bitches. Like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but that was the moment where I, like, I think shifted for me. So, nice. um, and then the part about your business partner coming in at the exact right time, like just being gifted a relationship like that. Cause I think having someone to brainstorm with spitball with go back and forth, like helps your ideas manifest into reality and develop so much more than if you're just trying oh, definitely. to just you know create them on your own it's like oh no here's someone else that loves it too like we're gonna make this together (laughs) yeah it was it was crazy typing it was so weird but the I think that the universe does bring you people like at the perfect time it's just about it willing and open to receive them as long as you are willing and open to receive it and believe that you deserve receiving those things yeah right yeah. you understand and you know you truly know that the world is a good place that the universe is amazing that it can give you everything you ever dream of um, be open to accepting those things and they'll present themselves exactly well thank you so much for being on this has been such a blast i'm so honored to have the most amazing door-to-door salesman on my podcast <laughs> thanks but yeah i'm not and that is not what i do (laughs) just kidding you i'm just kidding i know (laughs) maybe not a funny joke but um okay so and now this is your time tell me where can people find you um where can people find your podcast and talk a little bit about what your podcast podcast is about too because i'm curious about that i also haven't had a chance to hop on there and listen yet 
Yeah, for sure. Um, first off, hey, thanks so much, honestly, for inviting me on. Blast. Um, yeah, so fun. I love, uh, I think like most people, I love talking about myself. <laughs> so when people ask me questions, I am eat it up. Um, I always, <laughs> like I said, I run a podcast as well. And so I interview people all the time. So I'm always trying to dig and get information about them. And so my podcast is, uh, you can always find it in all of my social media links. So if you guys just search for Wayne Veldsman, V-E-L-D-S-M-A-N on any social media, you'll definitely find me. I mean, I come from digital marketing space. So if you can't find me, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, even in Google, you should be able to find me, no problem, uh, as well as you can just visit my website, wayneveldsman.com as well. Uh, podcast is currently branded as Work, Grind, Hustle is the name of it. However, um, you know, it's almost too intense. I started the podcast right when I got into entrepreneurship um, mm-hmm. and I was truly working every single waking minute. Like it was I moved back home actually when me and this other guy started up this company. I moved back home and I had put a desk in my room that I grew up in at my parents' house. And so I would like literally wake up. The only time I would go downstairs is for food. And then I'd be in my room working, 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 working until I go to bed, which was like five feet away from my desk. So that's when I started it, right? <laughs> yeah. And so pretty intense. Like I said, it's called work and grind hustle. I'm uh, busy going through rebranding right now. So it'll be a different name. That's why I say you can find it in any of my social media links um, or just try searching for work grind hustle. I'm sure that'll pop up as well, but it's truly focused um, on kind of what my business is now. The podcast almost manifested itself into what I want my business to become, which is truly just helping people to grow themselves as well as grow their businesses. So it's always a mix between um, completely mentality things and business things, right? Actually how to grow your business, actionable advice, lots of stuff from my marketing background. I still talk about um, just tons and tons of free advice on how to grow yourself and how to grow your business. So please check it out. And I appreciate it guys. And always like, feel free to hit me up as well. Right. We talked about it earlier. If you don't ask, if you're not afraid or if you're not willing, excuse me, to get that no, you're definitely not going to, you know, push yourself. You're not going to reach your highest self. So feel free, reach out. If there's anything I can ever help you with. Awesome. Can I ask one more question? Yes. Yeah, I'm curious. So you said you've shifted from the work grind hustle thing. I mean, how do you feel like you've changed since then? And like, how does that affect in your branding? Yeah. So, um, I've just sort of found almost myself a little bit more in uh, one, what I enjoy talking about. So what the podcast started steering towards, it was much less about working 24 seven. Um, and it turned way more into mentality things. Right. And so that's a lot of why I'm rebranding, um, within myself as well. I'm way more of a balanced personality, right? Mm-hmm. I, I highly would like to be a billionaire someday. Um, if it happens, I won't be surprised at all, but that's not what life's all about. It's not what life's all about at all. Right. I fucking love just walking outside and being like, Hmm, sunshine. Yeah. It's glorious. I enjoy spending time with people. I told you like I'm obsessed with playing sports, hobbies, activities, and so I'm way more well-rounded than just work, 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 hustle, hustle, grind, grind. 
right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the biggest shift is, right? One, I just started talking about other things. So it made me realize I need a shift. And then two, it's just really honestly not what my personality is. That's not my beliefs. Like I will never preach to someone, you need to work 24-7, right? Highly believe in having a good routine, making sure that you actually even schedule time off so that you can unwind, so your mind can be creative, think about other things. So I think that's only going to help you to grow yourself and grow your business as well. So does that sort of answer your question? Yeah, perfect. Perfect. And it's cool to see you go through that growth. And it's kind of what my podcast is all about is you kind of have to go through it and experiment and all that stuff. And it's a constant process of unwinding and finding yourself and rebranding yourself because we change and it's beautiful. Seriously. And so um, that's sort of, so stay tuned for what the name of the podcast is going to be. But that's, I think, a lot of what I wanted to be about is that change. Um, mm-hmm. I was thinking I wanted to call it the game of life. Uh, you know, it's, it's the board game. Of course, the board game is called the game of life. And so the I branding guy who I'm working with, a.k.a. Martin, my brother, thinks that it's too big of a hurdle to get over that, you know, they already have it trademarked. They already have, you know, all of the results. If anybody hears the game of life, they'll think about the board game. Um but either way, that's the direction that I'm steering. It's something like that about always being able to change, always growing um, our entire life. I think that's brilliant because it kind of brings you back to that like childhood moment of going through that board game and just looking mm-hmm. at life as that overcompassing view. It, by mm-hmm. connecting that to a board game, it kind of helps you see life as like a bigger picture and like how you go through each that's of the little moments. Um, Very interesting. I like you that. Visit it. Yeah, I'm the type of person where I'm like, catch me if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Copywriting stuff. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. It has been such a pleasure and it's been so fun hearing about your journey. I feel like I've learned a lot, which is always the goal. So, yeah. Appreciate it so much once again. Thanks for Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made it all the way to the end, then congrats. I freaking love you. Um, So what you can do now is share this with anyone that you think it could possibly help, or if you think it could possibly help anyone you know expand their minds, then the one thing you can really do for me that helps is just share this podcast. Um, Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at Katie Michaels. I'm also about to revamp my YouTube page. So if you search me there, I'm going to start posting some videos about different energies and different way to handle your energy. And so thank you guys again for listening. I really, really appreciate it. It's been so much fun and let's go ahead and wind it up.